Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your host and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Well, thank you, Katie, and welcome, everyone, to Standing on My Soapbox. It is Wednesday, July 10th, 2019. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. Just a couple seconds, I'll be joined by my co-host, actor and writer Craig Hurley. We are here Monday through Friday, your call-in talk radio show, where you can talk about whatever's on your mind and chime in what we're talking about on news, politics, and the pop culture stories of the day. The number to call is 347-989-0126. We'll be taking calls for the next hour, so let's step up on my soapbox and start talking. Craig, how are we doing today, buddy? Good. How are you, sir? I am doing darn well. Thank you very much. What's happening in beautiful Los Angeles, California? Actually, today I am in Las Vegas, and it's fought. It's fought. It's a little hot out, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're 90 today, but we have the humidity here, so it's a little worse. Not as much fun. It's feeling like 110, but it's wet 110. I don't like it at all. Dude, it's fought. I I don't know how else to say it. It's just (laughs) fought. Gotcha. Well, very, very cool. What is is happening? I I don't know how everybody lives this way. And I don't know how everybody doesn't, you know, freaking understand climate change i i just dude i you know we've had so much i mean like we haven't talked about the weather very much over the past couple of days so maybe that's what we should talk about today um but uh like anchorage alaska had 90 degrees guys that's not normal that is abnormal anchorage alaska 90 degrees that's never happened in documented history of weather so over the past 200 years or so, we it's never happened. That's absolutely nuts. And that is climate change. Very, very all that stuff, all that stuff up there is melting, is melted. So, and we got the ring of fire blowing up. We did start to talk a little bit about that. Um, got the ring of fire for climate. Let everyone know where that's at again. For those that might not know, the ring of fire. Know. Yeah, Ring of Fire goes from, like, it goes all the way around the Pacific Ocean is is basically the Ring of Fire. It goes from, like, Papua New Guinea and Australia over uh, to uh, South America and, um, uh, sorry, I'm concentrating on something, um, the, uh, 
and then it and it goes up the the west coast of um, the United States, and so we've been experiencing earthquakes on the west coast of the United States. Uh, the Ring of Fire is very active. It's volcanic. It's volcanoes and it's plates. It's uh, it's uh, uh, you know the plates that we sit on, our, our, our surface, our, our land masses, um, right. and then it goes up through Alaska and then it goes back around um, down through Japan. And you know we've we've had all sorts of activity over the past couple of weeks, and and that's not going to be good for climate change either because we have Major major earthquakes, when they go off, they release a whole bunch of dust and, sh and crap into our atmosphere. Um, and then when we have major volcanic eruptions, if we have multiple eruptions at the same time, we will have complete cloud cover over the entire world. And we saw what Mount Vesuvius did over in Iceland just a couple of years ago when all of Europe, or at least Eastern Europe, was covered in, in soot and covered in, in a, a, a cloud mass so big that airplanes could not fly through it. So, you know, uh -huh. they had to divert all sorts of air traffic and, and going into England, going into France. All of that was completely affected. And that was just a couple of years ago from one volcano. So if we have multiple eruptions, we're totally screwed. Um, and they've been, you know, scientists have been trying to figure out what different extinction events that have happened on our planet uh, were caused by. And uh, there are a bunch of the extinction events that were caused by volcanic eruption. Um, mainly they're looking at that it's asteroids. So asteroids and, and meteors seem to do um, uh, uh, the biggest amount of damage when they come through our atmosphere, which we are currently looking at one of those, um, a massive asteroid that sits in the asteroid belt that we pass through on an annual basis. And it's right now, uh, June through um, June through August, I, I think. No, June, July, August, September. October, November. I think it's June through November. It's the torrid uh, uh, meteor showers is in the, the torrid asteroid belt is the one that we that we pass through. I, 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 I didn't think it was that long because they're predicting that October 3rd is when we're going to get a flyby by this thing or we're going to fly by it or we're going to fly near it. Um, it actually is going to fly past us uh, within one lunar unit, which is closer to, like the moon is 238,000 miles away. So it, that's one lunar unit. And from, from what I understand, please, scientists, please call me, 347-989-0126. Uh, if I have my, my stats wrong, please correct me. Um, but uh, within one lunar unit, and supposedly this one's only 13,000 miles away from us. And there have been other asteroids that have passed us and not hit us that have been just as close. So they've been, you know, within one lunar unit. And, and they haven't hit us, obviously. We're, we're still here talking. So, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, we've got this major event coming up that may cause our sixth extinction event. And it, it's going to be nasty, that thing hits. It's supposedly got... 2,700 megatons of, of power, 
like that's like uh, I, I, I don't I don't even know it's how many tons of TNT that actually is 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 compared to I I don't know dude uh, you know nuclear warheads are like 15 so uh, 2,700 tons <laughs> oh dude we're done we're done it's gonna cause just absolute cataclysmic just nightmare you know we're gonna be just, just completely wiped out and not have to freaking actually worry about it so. Unless we're hiding in a cave, and even then, there was an asteroid that not more than 10,000 years ago in 11,000 BC caused, and it comes from the same belt, uh, caused uh, a, a thousand years of ice. That's all we had was was a thousand years of ice. So if the humans existed then, which I'm pretty sure they did, um, yeah, not if you file if you follow some of the books that are out there, but. Um, uh, yeah, uh, 10,000 years before Christ, we were in an ice age caused by an asteroid. So, and that was a pretty big asteroid. And they're saying the same thing with the, with the dinosaurs 60 million years ago, the, the asteroid that hit the Yucatan Peninsula and uh, caused uh, what was then Pangaeus to break up into smaller continents, which is what, has, what we live on now, um, the different continents in the world. Uh, and uh, that one caused mass extinction. I mean, everything except for cockroaches, sharks, and crocodiles. Uh, and that's all that survived. So nothing else Yikes. survived. Got to be on the lookout. Sixty million for years October ago. Then. Yeah, October, October 3rd, doomsday. <laughs> but of course, so, I've heard that many times before, and it never happens. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, no, keep... but this is this is actually a really it's a, it's gonna make a, a close you know really close freaking flyby, and if it just wobbles off orbit just a little tiny bit, we're done. We will see what happens. We'll know what all those movies, forth. all those movies, Armageddon, Deep Impact, all that stuff, except for the fact that our government is doing nothing. So, you know, where in those movies, the, the governments of the world are like, hey, let's save the world. Right now, our governments are like, no, we're not doing shit. We're not going to make sure that thing goes off course. don't even do space anymore. They want to get a space force up. They don't have anything for space yet right now. So there's not much they can do at this point, especially space, by October space, 3rd. Space force. We're, we are, we're already in space, dude. What do you call NASA? What do you call the space station? What do you call missions to Mars? We're already there, man. We already have a space station. So when's the last time we sent someone up to the space station? Or or, or to the moon. That's yeah, exactly. Of, uh, that, that's a little... Uh, we're, not, we're nowhere yeah. near there. So I, we're not going to have... It's not going to happen by October 4th, dude. <laughs> it's hey, no, not no, no, happen. no, it's not. No, I, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Yeah, no, why would they concentrate on that when they can concentrate on something like the... Armies took over the airports in 1776. Yeah, let's concentrate on that shit, that distraction, instead of actually concentrating on saving the human race. <sighs> well, we can't even worry about our own climate and our own stuff happening here, let alone something that could happen from space. So that's so far off the radar, not even funny. Not even on the radar right now. I do think it's interesting that the movie industry – comes out with this stuff. I mean, you know, Armageddon was like 1998. I mean, we're talking 20 years. So I, I think it's really interesting that the, that the movie industry comes out with stuff that may actually happen to us and what we should try to do about it. 
but you know right. we're we're not trying to do anything. It's not even out there nope. on mainstream media that 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 we're approaching this, and that we're already in that like cycle. We're already we're already in that in that asteroid belt. We're already there. You know, there's there's little tiny fragments of asteroids and and meteors that are flying through our atmosphere on a on a daily basis, on a on a minute by minute basis, and they're all little tiny ones. So nobody's truly being affected. But there's some bigger ones out there that are just waiting to crush us. Well, I'm sure they're tracking them. They're just not uh, not sharing. They're not putting it out there. Yeah, no, it's not on mainstream media. I'm not finding it anywhere that's you know that's any that's anything like that. I usually accept as as a decent source. So, I'm sure they don't want to panic anyone or things like that too. They probably have different reasons for not doing it. Whether they're actually doing something about it or not, who knows? That's uh, we'll never know that until. It happens, unfortunately. Yeah, but then we won't know it. Uh, We're going to see a big fireball in the sky, hear a loud pop, and then it's done. Or they could be doing something about it, and we don't know that either. They could be sending something. They could be flying up there. Yeah, yeah, and trying to push it to one side or another. Yeah, they could. Absolutely, Uh, that would be good. That would be a good thing for our government to spend taxpayers on taxpayers money on why don't you spend 93 million dollars on that instead of 93 million dollars on a national mall uh uh uh, rally um that no other president has done for 70 years why don't you you spend 93 million dollars of taxpayers money on going up and making sure that nothing hits us give us a little defense with that 93 million dollars instead of yeah i just read something today the army um, took over the Air Force. I just, dude, it's so funny to me. I, I can't believe that people actually like this dude. I just, very serious. He's so retarded. What I just read that today on that, I think the mayor of D.C., um, Bowser, sent a letter to the White House because uh, they they have a special fund they set up for anti-terrorism measures during large events in D.C., Right. And the Fourth of July parade the entire fund. Well, the the Fourth of July parade drained the entire Special oh, Washington D.C. city fund that's used to help pay for extra security and anti-terrorism measures. So wow. the mayor um, Bowser wrote a letter to Trump saying, "Hey, um, we'd like this money to get this replenished, please." Um, yeah, give us our money back. Six million dollars. It's going to put wow. it in the red. And wow. I mean, they already took $2.5 million out of the National Parks Fund that's supposed to go to preserving our national parks. So who knows what yeah, this they price don't give a shit about the National Parks. It's just together. a new place to dig for oil. It's just a new place to dig for oil that they weren't allowed to before. Oh, you missed the press the, conference? The, Didn't you know he's the best uh, person on the environment ever? He just said so the other day at a news conference. <laughs> did, you, did you miss that? Dude, I, I must have missed it. I don't, I don't really pay attention to what he says. Only when he says really stupid shit do I really pay attention. So, yeah, I can't. I'm really did, the best, best person on the environment. He had a press yeah, conference he the other day the saying they're the best on the environment ever. He's done so much for the he environment. He pulled out of the climate agreement. He pulled out of the employment agreement. That was one of the five things that he was supposed to do, and he did it. Well, he never tells the truth. So, we know that. We know he doesn't tell the oh, truth. So, unbelievable. So if he says something, we know the exact opposite is what actually happened. But, uh, 
Yeah, yeah but I the problem so. is there's like 60 million people out there that actually believe it. No, unfortunately, you're right. There's 60 that million dumbass people that actually believe him. Yep. That's not a good thing. That's for darn sure. No, it's not a good thing. I wish people would educate themselves. I, I, you know, I mean, they're capable of it. But they choose to sit there and, you know, watch, I don't know, Fox News, and, and that's it, you know, instead of right. like, actually researching and actually looking things up, actually knowing your history. Part of nice that, though, is, is our – yeah, but part of that is our education. Part of that is the education or lack of in the United States and the arrogance of the people in the United States thinking that they know everything and know better. And when really they don't, they go to other countries and they don't have a freaking clue what the hell's going on in that other country. And they expect people to actually treat them uh, like they're in the United States. And that's not the way this goes, man. You got to go to other people's countries and you got to, you know, when in Rome, you, you have to act as if you, you have to be a part of their culture. You can't go against the grain. Otherwise, you're just an arrogant piece of shit. So, and that's what we've been known as. The United States has been known as arrogant for a long time. Because we well, don't, we're is, dumb. This is what happened. I mean, this started back in Ronald Reagan when they went into testing. And uh, they concentrated schools on passing tests instead of learning things. They just wanted to teach to pass the tests and try to do school equivalency tests. And that started back in Reagan. And unfortunately, no president stopped that since. They haven't done that. No child left behind and baloney from George Bush and Clinton stuff didn't work. And nobody really did anything to to worry about the STEM stuff. They're just starting to get the STEM again. Obama started to bring that around. But right. they're still not putting any money to the schools for it. They're not giving the teachers any uh, resources or anything to teach it with. Well, places so, yeah. like Colorado, the, the first year um, that they legalized wheat, uh, they made $100 million in tax money and uh, because they had a billion dollars in sales in the first year. And with that $100 million, they took uh, $30 million of it and put it into education. They took another $40 million of it and put it into – my numbers are probably wrong – but $40 million of it and put it into um, – uh, uh, healthcare and, and then another 20 million or 30 million into, um, uh, construction into, um, you know, all of the, um, uh, uh, all of our infrastructure that is completely falling apart, our bridges and our sidewalks and our curbs and our roadways and, and our plumbing and our sewers and all of that. And it is completely falling apart. So we need to maintain these things. I didn't make up these words. Maintenance is something that was made up a long time ago because it's something you have to do in order to prevent a disaster. So, you know, like a bridge collapsing uh, with, uh, you know, a thousand cars on it. So you're supposed to maintain these things and you can't just build them and expect them to to freaking last. Concrete, as an inspector, uh, I am a Department of Transportation certified concrete inspector. Concrete only has a guarantee of one year, just a year. So as long as it lasts a year, eh, these developers and these contractors, they're, they're fine. They can't be sued. They can't, and nothing. They, you know, all the inspector, nobody can be charged for anything as long as it lasts a year. But over a year, you, know, you have to maintain, dude. 
you're going to get cracks. You're going to get wear and tear. You're going to get you know, weathered. You're gonna, it's it's going to happen. It's going to fall apart. Right, right. So they uh, put a bunch on. of money into those things, and they have changed. I, I want to get back to Colorado. Um, that they that the their system there, their education system has changed. Their healthcare system has changed. It's all gotten better because they put their own monies into it, supporting their own communities. And, and making sure that their own uh, little uh, – uh, their state, uh, that the people in their state are healthy and wise and healthy and smart instead of, you know, dumb and sick, which is what I think they really want us to be. Well, they had that House subcommittee today on trying to legalize marijuana federally, and I haven't heard how that's going yet, but I know they were doing that today um yeah because you still have the feds coming in and busting open dispensaries in states where it's legal that's like what are you doing what are you doing we're doing this legally you know and we're paying taxes on it and we're doing all the things that we need to do it's all handled you know accordingly even with the banks obama opened all that up because the banks for a while wouldn't let the dispensaries either borrow money to start a dispensary so they had to use their drug money from before, the illegal funds, in order to start a dispensary, which is just ludicrous. And then, and then they wouldn't let them deposit the monies that they just made into a bank account. So like, what are you going to do with this money? It's going to sit in your closet? What's, what's the money? You know, what are you going to do with this money? So it has to go into a bank account. And Obama turned all that around. He was like, for every state, you know, banks have to take in the money. And they have to give out loans in order for these dispensaries to start. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, they're talking about a bunch of things. They're talking about generic drugs today. They're talking about pot. I mean, it goes back to pot. Um, I was reading something earlier today when they first did all this outlawing of drugs. They they said at the time that marijuana would cause your women to go with black people. and uh, <laughs> Reefer like madness. Reefer like madness. Yeah, no, they actually put out a whole bunch of, uh, like, PSAs at the time. It was, like, 1950-something. And, and yeah, they showed people on weed that, that were, like, climbing walls and shit and going crazy. And it's like, dude, I've never seen anybody do that. I've seen people do that on, like, acid. I've seen people do that on crystal meth. I've seen people do that on other drugs where they're just bouncing off the wall. But I've never seen anybody get high and do anything but eat and sleep. I, I've never, <laughs> I'm serious. I've never seen anybody do anything that is just considered freaky or, or you know, crazy. I, I, I've always just seen people get high and sit back and chill out. Chilling like Bob yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why I never did it because it just a, my my brother was huge in the pot and he was just the laziest son of a bitch ever, and ah! I know he never did it. And so it's like, why? That's I don't understand saying. the point of being mellow all the time. That's just I, I I need to get out and do something. So uh, the laziest son of a bitch ever. Point. But did he cause any harm? Did he cause any no, harm but he to didn't, anyone? He didn't. No, but he didn't contribute to anything either. I mean, you, well, you contribute there was a, there was about a hundred there was about a hundred years in China, and I don't know what dynasty it was, but they got nothing done, and all they did was uh, was smoke opium. 
That's all they did was sit around and smoke opium. And, right. and it's like heroin. So, you know, I mean, that is opiate based is, is heroin. And, and so, and that's all they did. So maybe they didn't have like a, a progressive movement during that time. Like maybe they didn't, you know, like, uh, uh, uh build anything major or apply anything to civilization or, and no, but they were all super relaxed. And they were all <laughs> having a really good quality of life because they were just chilling. And that was, a, that was like all of China. I don't know what dynasty it was. You'd have to go back and, and look. There's like 100 years where there's no, there's no documentation. There's a, nobody wrote anything down. Nobody did anything. You didn't, you didn't have to. You could just sit back and relax and enjoy your life instead of – Worrying about, you know, oh, I got to make the mortgage. Uh, oh, I got to, you know, get the food on the table. I, oh, my God, I got to make the car payment. I, I, I got to pay my credit cards. None of that. It was just chilling. I'm sure they had to have a little bit of that. Um, the, the, nobody, nobody. Oh, I'm sure there was some barter going on. Yeah, I'm sure there yeah. was some barter shit, some barter going on. And, you know, I'm sure there was some monies made at that time. And But, you know, as far as people actually having a hard time in life? No. No. Everybody's chilling out, appreciating each other. Very, very possible. I, I will take that under advisement. <laughs> um, I do want to go back to weather for a second because okay. the reason I am home is because we were going to go down south. I think I told, talked about it on the radio once or twice. Our goal was to hit the south on the way back. And right. it had all those rains down there, and now Louisiana is under a state of emergency. Completely they have flooded. Another, they, yeah, well, they have that um, tropical storm building Depression. down there. Yep. yep. And so. Uh, no, there's been a hurricane forming for a minute. It, that right. thing's been forming for about the past week. So they have flooding going on there even more now, and yep. they're expecting, I guess it's Tropical Storm Barry is his name. So it's. Yep. The second one so far this season. Yeah, Barbara um, was the is the other one that's in the Pacific currently. Right. So that uh, should be hitting the, that should be hitting Hawaii right now, but it's a tropical storm. It's no longer. A which hurricane. one is that one? What's Barbara. One? Barbara. Oh, I didn't know that. They did two yeah. bees. I never heard him do two bees before. That's kind of unusual. Barbara okay. and Barry. Like, yeah, that's weird. Why would they do that? I guess that the two oceans, maybe one from the one from down in the Mediterranean, or one from down in our uh, Gulf Coast. So Atlantic Pacific, Pacific they give them they give them the same names. I don't know. That's very strange. I've never heard of it actually. I mean, to have same letter. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've never. I never. It should be like Tropical Storm Craig or something. So right. you know, it should be. It should start with a C. Tropical Storm Chris. Something. But Barry's supposed to hit New Orleans and Houston by one o'clock Saturday, eighty-five miles per hour winds. It's only supposed to be a one. It's not supposed to be huge, but it's enough to keep the flooding going. They've had so much right. rain there that it's enough to keep it really wet. So they put a state of emergency out already. The Governor uh, Edwards already wow. put it out there. So be interesting well, to good. see what happens there. I was I was going to be there this week, and I wasn't. So I'm glad. I'm glad I was not we've, there. We've had so much rain this past season that the entire Mississippi Valley and all the states that are associated with that, um, everything from Minnesota, Wisconsin, all the way down to Louisiana and Mississippi, um, they have 
they are going to have this year, we are going to have in the Gulf of Mexico, a dead zone the size of Massachusetts. A dead zone is solely caused by us, by we, the people, by us, because of our fertilizers and our gasolines and our oils and our toxic chemicals, all the shit that we use for our pools and all our crap, all our Roundup and all that stuff too, all our pesticides. Um, All of that ends up in the Gulf of Mexico. We have just done a bang-up job here. We're really good at screwing things up, aren't we, we humans? Um, so the size go. of Massachusetts is the dead zone. And that means – dead zone means exactly that. There is nothing that can grow there, nothing. And we've already killed the majority of the Gulf, and we can see it um, reflecting on the coast of Florida. Uh, they get red tides all the time now. It's, not, it's like a regular thing. You've got dead fish floating up, and you've got dead seaweed, and you've got dead coral, and you've got dead everything. Just floating up, just landing on the beach, and that's us. That's we cause that, and that's that's from the the oil. Um, that's from uh, uh, when uh, Katrina came through and and knocked the shit out of all those oil rigs. And then there was another oil rig that that blew up that they never capped, and I don't know what the name of that one is. The Tyler, the Taylor, the Taylor rig, might be the Taylor rig, um, but that thing they never capped, so it's been dumping for, I don't know, 10 years. It's been dumping oil into, into the Gulf for like the last 10 years. They never capped it. I doubt they even capped oh, the, 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 whatchamacallit, the horizon, the, um, the, one, the big one that happened during Katrina. <clears throat> I doubt they capped Crazy. that too. Yeah. How are you going to cap it? Were you going to throw a mattress in it? Right. How are you going to cap that shit? Wait, are you going to try to put, uh, you know, wet cement? What, what are you going to do? There isn't even anything called wet cement, by the way. Cement is a dry powder. So wet cement is false. When you see wet cement on a sidewalk, that person's lying to you. It is wet concrete. Cement is a powder. And that's just one of the things that I, that I, that I know about being a Department of Transportation certified concrete inspector. Ugh. All right. It's well, so let's hard uh, ponder all about that and ponder uh, what's going on. We're, six, we're a half hour into our break here. Really? David Hernandez, while we're talking about all these things that could come to pass, we'll play Dear My Future Self from David nice. Hernandez, American Idol contestant. If you're listening to Standing on My Soapbox, give us a call in the next half hour at 347-989-0126. Be back in just a couple minutes. Dear My Future Self.
It's a struggle, it's a struggle, it's a struggle to find me When the world breaks You gotta keep on You gotta keep up You gotta be strong Be strong Be strong You gotta keep up You gotta be strong Don't lose the faith You gotta keep on You gotta keep up You gotta be strong Be strong When the world breaks You stand tall When you feel pain You fight it off When they go low You go high You're gonna rewrite the storyline The voters don't believe in you Alrighty, we're back. That was David Hernandez for American Idol with Dear My Future Self. And we've been talking all day today about stuff happening in the future and try to avoid uh, floods and meteors and everything else. Uh, let's go on to some more news of the day. Uh, let's see what's happening here. Um, a little pissed about this. The federal appeals court today threw out a lawsuit challenging Donald Trump's ownership of his hotel from the White House that it's against the emoluments clause, saying right. that the uh, lawsuit that the one failed to make the a clear showing. Yeah, exactly. It, it failed to make a clear showing that Trump's ownership of the hotel was creating competition with local convention centers, and the court said that local governments couldn't show how much competition it existed could be legally prevented. So basically they have all these heads of state staying in his hotel that he's making money off of while he's president. But the court of appeals says, no, that's not making money off anything, even though it is. I mean, I don't understand that. So I'm a little upset that that went his way today. Not really, really happy. About I'm telling that. you, dude, these, these billionaires, uh, you know, they, they, it's, it's an absolute lie. The trickle down thing. Absolute lie, dude. It is the middle class and the lower class that are the consumers. The billionaires are the ones that own shit. They don't consume. So it's the middle class and the lower class that actually create jobs. Billionaires do not create jobs by starting companies. What happens is the middle class has to buy something. And the lower class have to buy something that creates jobs because they have to have somewhere to go to buy these things. It is not the billionaires creating companies that billionaires over the past two years have made 360% more than they ever have. 
in the past, it's been like, it's been a smaller percentage, very, very smaller percentage that they make in their own individual companies. Now, no, they have made so much more money. It's a crazy amount of money. So the, it's, it's just a complete lie. It's the middle class and the lower class. We're the, we're the consumers. We're the ones. We're, we're the ones that want to go out and buy shit. So, therefore, we right. need somebody to buy them from. So, we're the ones creating the jobs, not the billionaires. Yeah. I'm tired they, of these billionaires just raking it one in. One yacht and from one company where we buy 8,000 consumables from something else. Yeah, from yeah. something else. Right. So, no, I agree 100%. So, yeah, so I'm not happy about that. What else happened today that I'm not real happy about? Um, that Acosta guy held a press conference, the guy that was the U.S. <laughs> attorney in Florida for against right. Epstein, um, <laughs> tried to spin it all that this was the best deal at the time, that it's not the day and age it was now, that this well, at least yes, it is. made yes, it jail was. time That was just happen. 10 years ago. Right. Exactly. And uh, that that this caused jail time because they couldn't guarantee he'd go to jail. This made him definitely go to jail. Of course, as we talked about yesterday, it was for one day a week when he had 12 hours off every other day wow. to go to work. Um, That's disgusting. So he basically was in jail one day a week going to He's work accused of sex trafficking. the entire time. He said, it did, he said it did cause him to register as a sex offender, which it did. So that part is right. good, I guess. But um, but it still was a sweetheart deal. And they asked him twice if he was going to apologize to the victims, and he refused to do so. Um, but I think it was enough that he's going to make Trump a happy camper, and Trump's not going to do anything to him because he, he hemmed it hot enough where I think uh, I would say he held his own enough that it's going to keep him in, in the job a little bit longer. We'll see if, until more shoes start to fall. Like we talked about yesterday, there's going to be a lot more shoes to fall on this with uh, mighty people. We'll see what happens. No, his little, his little black book came out, didn't it? Epstein's little, that, back, it? little black book came out. Yeah. There's, there's some shit rolling around. Um, he's got private numbers of uh, a bunch of billionaires and a bunch of the millionaires that were involved. And he's got all the private numbers of number 45 and current private numbers of number 45. So it's been currently happening. And that little black book, I, I'm surprised people keep those. I mean, didn't they learn from Heidi Fleiss? Don't keep know, little really, black right? books. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't keep a digital version of it. Don't keep a handwritten version of it. Memorize that shit. You know, exactly. and you can't really use it. You need to get new phones like all the freaking time. So if you're going to be doing stuff like that, look, I'm trying to tell them how to get away with, you know, breaking the law. <laughs> you think they're billionaires. You think they know already. <sighs> but You would think. You would think they know better than that. But Yeah, no, but yeah, they're dumb. We'll see what happens. I think his job will be safe for another couple of days. We'll see what his shoes start to fall, what happens on that. Um, the one thing in politics we didn't talk about yesterday that I want to, do want to talk about today is Mitch McConnell, our turtle-in-chief of the Senate there, um, finally tortoise. has a strong Democratic challenger, the tortoise in chief. Um, Amy McGrath is a war veteran and Democrat, and she is going to challenge McConnell. She ran for a House seat 
last Good. year in Georgia and barely lost. And uh, so she's challenging him. Her first day, she announced yesterday she was going to run against McConnell. And her first day, she made $2.5 million in campaign contributions. Wow. So she's, nice job. she's going to be a contender. She's going to be Good. a contender against him. So I can I'm excited to see what happens. We need to get him the heck out of Dodge. That's for how, sure. how, how old is, How old is she? Um, I'll have to look and see. Let me see if I can find it. Um, you know, because for me, Mitch is just way too old to be in there. So we're going to get back on this, Scott. You're going to have to drag me away from it. She is 44 mm, old years old. Okay. That's she, all right. She's still in a, in a semi-prime. She's American. She's an American former Marine fighter pilot and politician. Nice. She was the very first female Marine Corps pilot to fly the F-A-18 on a combat mission. She Excellent. served for 20 years in the Marine Corps, where she flew 89 combat missions, uh, bombing Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. So I think wow. that's pretty exciting. Pretty um, impressive. Yeah, so she lost to... Um, the, the Republican Andy Barr in 2019 for a sixth congressional district, but not by much. Um, so she has a pretty good chance here. I think she's going to probably put him on the defensive a little bit. So gotcha. her house campaign was pretty good. So I'm excited. She uh, raised a lot of money very quickly. And I think there's enough people that don't like McConnell that she has a pretty good shot. So I'm excited to see what she does with it. So go, Amy. It's pretty easy to trip up a tortoise. It's pretty easy to trip them up. They're they're pretty damn slow. I remember living down in Florida and and having to like there's tortoise crossings on the streets and stuff, and it's like having to wait for a tortoise. You know, it's like could you drive over them? You know, I mean they're slow as hell. So it's pretty easy to trip them up. That would take a while. (laughs) <laughs> it would take a while for them to. How long does it take for a tortoise across the road? There's a joke in there somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> There's I don't a joke know in there that. somewhere. It depends. <laughs> is that tortoise Mitch McConnell or is it just a normal tortoise? That's true. There is a joke in there. Um, you are correct. I think McConnell would obstruct the traffic so no one could pass. <laughs> That's what he does in the Senate. <laughs> nice. He just obstruct, obstruct. I, I never really to... understood that. How you, how you, if you've got an area where animals cross, give them a place to cross. Like, don't build through the middle of of their area of their migration. That's okay. Look, it's their it's their planet. All right, it's not our planet. It's their planet. The animals that are here, because they can't really do anything about the fact that we drive cars. So, you know, because they don't. Uh, the other animals, the deer and the and the turtles and all that. Anything that crosses the road, and because it's, it, that's its normal migration pattern, that's that's what it's done for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. All of its ancestors have done that, and they all go to the same place. So, what we have to do as humans is actually understand that and build passageways for them. There are a number of different nature bridges all across the country where the animals actually know. It's very weird because, you know, there's signs and say, you know, deer crossing here and stuff like that. And, and it's very strange, like they can read signs or something. And no, that's not the case. The case is that they look at the cars that are ripping by. 
They see that their other uh, members of their family have been crushed by said cars and killed. So then they choose a different route, even especially if that route is for them. Like no humans are allowed to take those bridges. You're not allowed right. to, to walk across those nature bridges as a human because once the human scent is there, they no longer want to go that direction. So because we interfere in all of that. So what they do is they build nature bridges that have trees on them and moss and grasses and stuff like that over expressways. And then the deer and the moose and the antelope and all of it can just run across it. The raccoons, the skunks, everything. And they do. The, the animals turn. Eventually, it takes a little bit of time for them to get used to the fact that there actually is a crossing for them. Um, and they use it. And it blows my mind that nature is that smart or animals are that smart. It's like, okay, wait, I could walk across here and get hit, or I could walk across here and make it safely to the other side. So there you it's go. interesting. But we have to, like the tortoises, down. I started this with down in Florida. I, I would build, I know they do, they build little tunnels underneath the roads, but those tunnels get filled up with mud and, and with water and with just all sorts of crap. So you either have to make those culverts bigger or, or clear them out. You know, I mean, it get, it give the, the turtles and the things an opportunity to, I mean, ducks do the same thing. Geese do the same thing. So give them an opportunity to uh, actually cross. It's tough when it's all flooded out. So you got to really watch out when they're on the roadway, but right. you know, still, you know, give them, give them an opportunity, build some culverts, build some tunnels. All right, my last political thing I want to get to before we'll move into pop culture these last 10, 15 minutes here. Um, that British ambassador we talked about, he actually resigned. I'm very un- unhappy that he resigned today. Um, I think it sends a really bad precedent that if the president can bully someone like that into resigning because he said something bad about him, that his skin is so thin that he made it impossible for this guy to continue on with his job. So uh, the U.S. ambassador, uh, the British ambassador to the U.S. resigned today because he criticized Trump and Trump called him out and made him uh, and would wouldn't act, wouldn't grant him any more um, access to diplomatic channels in the U.S. So I think that's pretty sad that we're doing this to an ally country, an ally country. You know what I feel about bullies, don't you? Because they said something bad. What you feel about what? You know how I feel about bullies. Well, yeah. I don't like bullies. I don't like bullies. Um, I, I think bullies actually need the shit kicked out of them, is what I think. And then after you kick the shit out of them, you go to their family, you go to their parents, you go to their guardian, and you figure out where the real bully is. And then you prosecute the hell out of that person. Because it's That's always, true. a bully is always bullied. That's why right. they bully. So I don't know where 45 gets his bullying from, but somebody needs to kick the shit out of him. I'm sorry, was that treasonous of me to say that? The, I don't like yeah, bullies, I mean, dude. If you're going to bully, if you're going to bully, hey, did I threaten him? <laughs> Please. Um, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to bully, expect a reaction. That's all. This is and crazy. they're doing it right now on, um, on uh, are you watching Big Little Eyes? No. You're not watching Big Little Lies, dude? Have you seen any of that? We're jumping into pop culture. 
Oh, dude, there. Oh, it's so good. You should watch That's the first HBO season. Binge watch I told it. you I don't have HBO. I don't watch HBO. Oh. Get HBO. You got to get HBO. <laughs> they got some of the best programming out there. Um, but Big Little Lies uh, this season, they, they've got a bully who bullied the kids, and the kids kicked the shit out of them. And now they're all going to court and trying to figure out well, all the stuff about it. So, you know, and I'm, and I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't disagree. I mean, the, the bully walked up and said, your dad's a rapist. And, and the kid, you know, st- stood up and was like, get away from me. And then the other two kids joined in and the other brothers and joined in. And they're like, um, he's like, the bully's like, make me. So they did. They absolutely kicked the shit out of him. So put him in the hospital. Right. Wow. And it's probably going to come back around show. to the parents. I mean, they won all sorts of Emmys for it. It's supposed to be a great oh, yeah. show. No, they, when they came back for the second season, they're like, okay, you want us back for a second season? Then we're going to address a bunch of issues. We're going to address a bunch nice. of stuff that's going on in the United States. So. Very cool. All right, yeah. well, let's jump into a little more pop culture here. Of course, I want to start with the Women's World Cup champions got a parade today in New York City. So uh, Megan Rapinoe and her uh, merry band of ladies there who won the World Cup, they got to have their <laughs> own parade in New York City today. So big congratulations to them. She is she's still holding up the trophy. Yeah, huh? she's holding up the trophy. She's holding up the trophy. I've seen different memes and different things. And she's like, I deserve this. <laughs> she's like, I deserve this. She's not shy. Cool. She's not shy. No. No, and she shouldn't be. Uh, what else? Um, oh, uh, today is after eight decades, the very last Volkswagen Beetles coming off an assembly line down in Mexico. They're not making it anymore. Wow. The Beagle, the, the Beetle is done. Wow. It's been on for I know Volkswagen. Years. Volkswagen is heading more towards electrical, and I know they just came out with uh, like a VW bus that um that's an electrical bus but it doesn't really look like anything like from you know the 1950s or 60s like we expect it, it looks something more space age they're they're cute but I, I, you know it doesn't really look like that that peace love and happiness bus that we all you know recognize as being a vw bus but it is an electric car so i think that's nice. pretty interesting yeah. Very cool. I like that. And they're, they are cute. They've got like neon lights and stuff on the on the wheels, and you know they got low profile tires, so they're nice and sporty. Um, and they they move. They're really fast, actually. Uh, I mean, you know, for a, nice. for 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 a bus. So and they hold I don't know how many passengers, but um, they're they're really interesting inside. Like it's very space age inside. Uh, very, very cool. I like that. Yeah. And we'll have to check those out. I may get an electric car one of these days. We'll see what happens. I need them to have to make more electric stops along the highways and byways. I could travel too much. So I know I there's, can. There's you know, a whole bunch of places and you can get. get around. Yeah, but you can get chargers. No, but you can get chargers that you could just plug in. You can just plug into an RV charger. You can just plug in at any any rest stop. You can plug in, at, you know, at, at, you can plug it into 110. You can just literally plug it in. Yes, it takes a little longer to charge, 
but they have chargers for almost all electric vehicles now that you can just literally plug them into your house to charge them up. Oh, very well. I knew you could do that, but yeah. But like I said, I just want yeah. to see place along with rest stops and stuff like that across the country. I've not seen that that often, so I didn't know that you could. Yeah, any of the RV. I, I see a lot of like hotels. I see um, like Holiday Inn Expresses, uh, and I, I, not that I really stay there, but I I see them. Uh, they have a bunch of ports for electric vehicles, a bunch of parking spots. Oh, nice. That's yeah, good. with chargers. Yeah, we need to see that happen country comfort inns and and i'm pretty sure i saw that at la quinta as well i'm not positive maybe they had like one or two spots so yeah very cool yeah all right well my last thing that i have on my thing that i wanted to, i want to talk about this actually last couple of days i never got to it because it was kind of big over the weekend but uh they have this, they've had this controversy i don't know if you heard about it for the new live action Little Mermaid, and we have people losing their mind that they picked a black woman to play Ariel. She's actually a girl. I call her. She's over eighteen. Um, right. But she's she's part of the R and B duo Chloe and Holly. Her name is, uh, uh, I believe. Um, oh, what is it? Holly. It sounds like Halle Berry, but it's not Halle Alley or something like that. I forget her name. What are they saying she that is, there can't uh, be any black mermaids? They say that she can't be black. That it, that the character needs to be white, redheaded, like the animated Why? character. Why? 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 So, Why can't there be uh, black I, mermaids? I, I, it's, well, exactly. And that's what uh, a lot of people are saying. It's like first off, this is done by. If if you want to go into a lot of the backstory, which is really interesting too, it was actually created. Um, the Little Mermaid was part of the Hans Christian Andersen, right? It was one of his original things. And Hans Christian Andersen was actually bisexual and wrote Little Mermaid when he was rebuffed by this guy that he was in love with that was straight. And uh, it's all about him wanting, wishing he had legs, which means basically he wishes other guy was would follow his romance. And uh, that's kind of what Little Mermaid started about. And it's it's a Dutch comic, um, so it was originally made by Hunters in Dutch, and even Disney Freeform Channel, there's a lot of great stuff on Freeform, they put out a statement the other day saying, you know what, there's actually black people in that are Dutch, <laughs> and, and they, some uh, of them yeah. even have red hair, it might be colored, yep. but some of them have red hair, so <laughs> they're just calling basically anyone, there was actually a Not My Ariel hashtag that was trending over the weekend, which I thought was a sad state of affairs. I think it's just simply being racist personally, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted to bring that out in pop culture. So go Hallie. It's going to be an interesting cast. Dude. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, That's it. so weird to me. <laughs> didn't it, didn't a casting agent actually cast her? I mean, that was the person's job and I'm pretty sure, you know, that the, 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 the description of the casting went out. That's normally how right. it goes. So, you know, they they I'm did it on for diversity. I'm I'm all about diversity. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yep, I agree. All right, we have up to four minutes left. Anything on your hot button, or do we go to a song? Wow, anything on my hot button? I don't even have my notes in front of me, so I don't know. Uh, I I know that I still have like three quarters of my notes for the last two weeks, and I just can't remember anything that's on it. So, um. I don't, 
I don't know, man. All right, well, we're going to go play out there. We're going to do a little David Hernandez Kingdom. we got two more days to go, guys. Give us a call here, 347-989-0126. We're here Thursday and Friday, 3 o'clock Pacific time, time, for an hour of great talk radio with Craig and myself here. Thanks for tuning in today. Here's David Hernandez with Kingdom. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Peace.
welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the Internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, a British leather daddy works to help an African lesbian refugee start a new life in Manchester. Mayor Pete Buttigieg announces the largest campaign donations of any Democratic candidate for the second quarter. And a local church stepped up after haters shut down an LGBTQ teen prom. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. Joe King, a former Mr. Leather Europe, is on a mission to help a young 22-year-old lesbian woman from Uganda who has suffered severe homophobia and poverty. According to King, Shadia has lived a very brutal and difficult life in Africa because of her sexuality. Rejected by her family for being lesbian, she traveled to Kenya with her two-year-old son. But life was no better there as she fell victim to rape and was forced to live in the streets often eating bath soap just to survive. Shadia came to King's attention through a friend at the Refugee Coalition of East Africa. The coalition works to help LGBTQ people who find themselves the object of persecution. The organization has arranged for Shadia, her son, and her stepsister to relocate to Manchester, England. King, who was honored as Mr. Leather Europe in 2016, told Gay Star News recently, My heart went out for her. The poor girl has been through hell. Calling Shadia inspirational and thoughtful in the face of horrific adversity, King launched a GoFundMe campaign to help raise funds for Shadia's new chapter in Manchester. The young mother will be starting her life in a totally new country with no friends, family, or network to rely on. Citing Pride season, King says he saw an opportunity for the community to do something for someone and show what Pride is really about. King aims to show Shadia that she has a new family in the local LGBTQ community to help get her onto her feet as she begins a job search and takes her first steps in building a new life. Perhaps an unlikely hero to an African refugee? Or maybe not. But the UK Leatherman closes his appeal on GoFundMe writing, Please help me support this amazing and inspirational woman and give what you can, no matter how small. Gay Star News reports he will meet Shadia at the airport in Manchester this week with a rainbow pride flag. I'll have a link in the show notes if you'd like to donate. And speaking of pride flags, a rainbow flag hanging at the front of a Harlem gay bar was set on fire early Monday morning. This was the second time a rainbow flag has been burned at the same club in just over a month. NBC News reports the flag was discovered by staff members sometime between 12.20 a.m. and 12.45 a.m. The previous attack, which New York City police have been investigating as a possible anti-gay crime, occurred in the early morning hours of May 31st. Alexei Minko, owner of the Alibi Lounge, says he finds the timing of the two incidents suspect. He says, 
I have to say that what I find odd was the timing of both events. One was at the beginning of Pride, and one was right at the end. One has to wonder if there's some kind of message they're trying to send. But speaking to local news station PIX11, the owner said no matter the message, what's important is that we stand tall, we don't get afraid. Calling the repeat offense surreal, Minko added that he's surprised the second flag burning happened since police had released surveillance camera footage of the suspect in the first incident, alerting the public that cameras are trained on the nightclub's entrance. Minko said, second time around, I'm really kind of in shock, I have to admit. PIX11 reports that the Alibi Lounge bills itself as the only black-owned LGBTQ bar in Manhattan. For the first time, researchers have found a way to eliminate HIV from living animals. The approach combines two new technologies, slow-release antiretroviral therapy known as laser art, which first suppresses the virus, then gene editing known as CRISPR-Cas9, which effectively slices out HIV-infected DNA. Dr. Kamal Khalili at the Lewis Katz School of Medicine at Temple University told the local CBS News affiliate, for the first time, we were able to eliminate completely replication-competent virus, HIV, from the infected animal. While antiretroviral drugs can decrease HIV in the body, they don't get the job done entirely. Laser art drugs consist of nanocrystals, which can easily penetrate tissue where HIV may be hiding and slowly release over time, keeping the virus at low levels for weeks. And this means traditional antiretroviral medications don't have to be administered as often. Working with specialists at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, the two teams were able to eliminate HIV in about a third of infected mice. Said Dr. Khalili, the big message of this work is that it takes both CRISPR-Cas9 and virus suppression through a method such as laser art administered together to produce a cure for HIV infection. The technique is very safe and efficient and able to eliminate the viral DNA forever. The next step is to move to FDA-monitored testing on humans. A clinical trial is scheduled to begin in mid-2020. Last week, the presidential campaign for Mayor Pete Buttigieg announced an eye-popping $24 million in campaign donations. That's more than current front-runner Vice President Joe Biden, who brought in $21.5 million, and Senator Elizabeth Warren at $19.1 million. According to Politico, those halls of cash will now be utilized to expand the size and scope of the Pete for America campaign. For months, the South Bend, Indiana mayor has run one of the more frugal 2020 campaigns, focusing much of its attention on fundraising, media appearances, and the candidates' travel. In Iowa, for instance, Buttigieg's campaign reports adding 30 organizers at the end of June, upping the team from a four-person skeletal crew. There's also a dozen staffers now in New Hampshire, and by the end of the summer, there'll be many more. The campaign plans to swell its staff to 300 people by Labor Day. Despite the largest reported fundraising for the second quarter and a strong appearance at the first Democratic debates, Buttigieg continues to hang at around fifth place in Real Clear Politics' average of polls. Last month, Elizabeth Johnson, who goes by the title The Activist Mommy, 
believed she'd won a victory over an LGBTQ prom when she sent her flying monkeys on the internet to shut down the Jacksonville, Florida event. But two weeks later, the event, called the Storybook Pride Prom, was held at a new location, a local Unitarian Universalist church. The event had originally been planned to be held at the Willow Branch Library at the end of June, but when Johnson told her 700,000 Facebook followers to express your disgust that this perversion is taking place in a taxpayer-funded library, exclamation point, including photos of a featured drag performer, BB Deluxe, and the phone number to the library, the pressure led the library to cancel the event after threats from her followers left the venue feeling they could not guarantee the safety of the teenaged attendees. In response, the Buckman Bridge Unitarian Universalist Church stepped in to provide a venue. Grace Rapace, the church's past president, told the Washington Post, we see our church as a safe place for people who are figuring out who they are. Our Unitarian Universalist values call us to respect the inherent worth and dignity of every person. In addition to providing the venue, around 50 volunteers, as well as LGBTQ veterans, private security, and even the Jacksonville Sheriff's Department showed up to protect the young attendees from any further blowback from the haters. BB Deluxe later told the local TV station WJXT-TV, the atmosphere inside was so positive and electric. Everyone was smiling. Lots of moms were crying happy tears. There were kids dancing, laughing, and socializing as if nothing had ever happened that week. Some of the youth had never met another gay person their age, and this event helped them make friends. That, folks, is what you call community. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And I'm happy to announce The Randy Report podcast is expanding. Not only can you find the podcast on SoundCloud.com, where it's hosted, or on iTunes, where you can subscribe for free, but now we're available also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. All of those platforms have their own app that you can download, install on your phone, and subscribe to The Randy Report for your listening ease. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.
Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello to you sexy, gorgeous, spicy friends and followers out there. We love you and are so grateful to have you joining us today for Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. My name is Kyle Thomas and I'm a pop culture astrologer. We have a fantastic show planned for you today with celebrity drama, great news for Hollywood and star-crossed lovers, as well as a fabulous celebrity guest. Sam, take it away. Hey everybody, Sam Davidson here, entertainment news journalist, red carpet reporter, a entertainment news aficionado. I am so excited for our stories today. They are so interesting and we have so much to talk about. I'm also thrilled to have our very special guest, Craig Ramsey. How are you doing, Craig? I'm very excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. So you have an extremely, extremely interesting career. You've been on Broadway. You're a fitness expert. You have been on a bunch of different TV shows. I know you kind of wanted to go in specifically because it's like an encyclopedia of things that you do. Well, bless you. I wish you were my manager or agent. (laughs) Speaking on my behalf like that. Yeah, there's a lot to it, but I always like to concentrate on what's going on. And luckily for me, there's always a lot in the moment. So, yeah. So tell me about the shows that you've been a part of and how your fitness career has kind of turned into something within pop culture. Oh, bless. Man, that's a, that's a really good um, acknowledgement that it, it really has. I, I, five years ago, created uh, Stretch Class paired with wine tasting. And it initially was inspired by my Real Housewives clients because they said, you know, do whatever you want with me fitness-wise. You're just not taking away my effing wine. I said, well, I don't plan to take away your effing wine, but I do plan on including stretching, which is a workout for everyone. So I created Drunk Fitness, which uh, is all the craze in different forms. Like now it's like yoga and wine and beer and wine and such, um, or beer and uh, yoga. But mine is different because my stretching program actually pairs with the wines. So it's a wine, taste, disgust, and then stretch pairings back and forth. And basically Drunk Fitness, because we start with a, a full glass of champagne, even to warm up the palate before we begin. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. And tell me some of the TV shows and stuff that you've been a part of. I mean, and you've had so many celebrities sing your praises. Who, who are those celebs? Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, so I initially started off uh, in Canada and playing hockey and very typical Canadian. Uh, but I love to sing and dance. And in uh, exploring that, I was incredibly flexible. So that's where my career went to training with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. So I started in ballet. I also uh, was a trained uh, circus performer, so I was a contortionist. What brought me into the U.S. in 1999 was the original pre-Broadway cast of Mamma Mia. My favorite play of all time. What? Really? Yes, it's my favorite. Oh, Dancing Queen. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Knowing me, knowing you, we got a lot to discuss our last summer. S.O.S. Yeah, there you go, girl. (laughs) Uh, Mamma Mia brought me in the States, and I stayed uh, since then in numerous Broadway shows and such, but it was uh, overlapping fitness for years that inspired me to move to L.A. because I just got to that point where I knew I was going to be a glorified chorus person for the rest of my life, which was amazing. So grateful for the experience. But I, I wanted to my lines to, to, to uh, mean more than a script would and what a script was giving me the ability for. So then I came to L.A. and uh, did reality TV. So a lot of shows like Thinner with Jackie Warner 
and uh, newlyweds the first year with my husband, and we are reoccurring friends of uh, MJ from uh, Shaw's of Sunset, so we just finished filming uh, some with her, supporting her with that. Uh, so we always stay busy and, and, I guess, relevant by just being us. Wow. That's the dream, basically, of anybody in L.A. You know, people want to be I don't think anyone, though, because I got a lot of flack. When I first started doing reality TV and, like, putting my taint out on social media and getting it waxed, you know, <laughs> I, I think a lot of acting, the acting community and my Broadway community judged me at first. But now I think that we've crossed that line with social media where the general public demands to know even actors nowadays. So there's a pressure just to be yourself, and especially in the political climate that we have, if you don't stick up for what's right and what your opinions are, people aren't going to want to see you. They're not going to want to go to your movies. And you really have to be just a, an honest, good person. If you're if you're not, then screw you. No one's going to care anymore about your career. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you definitely have your hands in a lot of different pots and entertainment. So we're really, really excited to have you today. Thank you. Kyle is going to bring us into our crazy-ass week of a Mercury retrograde. So here's the forecast. Are we in retreat, Mercury retrograde? Yeah, I started this Unfortunately, past Unfortunately, yeah. contract. I'm in a negotiation for one. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh -oh. well, we can, uh, we can okay. talk about some of the things that you can do to kind of alleviate any of the stress going Please. forward. Please, so, okay. We are back with another weekly cast or forecast for you all, and this is going to be an intense one. Astrology brings many different assets to our li lives. On one hand, we can use it to predict certain things, but we can also use it in productive ways, too. Also, when we have something a bit more difficult, like this funny Mercury retrograde we are just starting now, it is causing us to evolve and shift our perspective. Challenging or difficult situations from the stars above aren't here to actually hurt us. They're here to make us stronger like steel. So that's just something we need to really think about. You know, we have been talking about Mercury retrograde a little over the last couple weeks because of the shadow periods, and it is going to be making itself really noticed this week. This retrograde is going to last all of July. No! So be, yeah, all of July. And it, we're really going to finally be caught up around August 15th. So literally everything that's been going on since about June 20th, until August 15th, happy summer, everybody. Yeah. And the universe is not trying to screw us over with this. No, no, no. So, so here's the thing: is you know, there there are going to be some errors in communication, technology, or even relationships. But Mercury retrograde is important to to use the the re in our in our lives. So readdressing, reviewing, restarting, reflecting, going back to these old projects, friends, or lovers, because. It, it shows that there has been something of value that we've missed, whether that's in that contract or whether that's in that friend or business associate you had or that lover that some, you know, you disconnected with and is now potentially in a better position to be with you, you know, whatever, however that aligns for, you know, each different sign and each different person. So friend requests or exes on, in, on social media? <laughs> I mean, reach out to people? Uh, can you still poke on Facebook? Is this a good time? Yeah, to it's funny. Sometimes I get those. Poke is saying something, in, especially in gay community, something so different. You're opening up more than just communication <laughs> with an ex if you poke in anyone. Right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would poke a few of my exes, but let's Ooh, let's yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, during, you know, this is actually, I've been trying to like teach people this can be a lucky time, not just a scary time, because you can bring these things back to life. And it's funny because, like, sometimes. You know, you get these messages from the universe where it's actually like, 
you just keep getting, you're thinking about this person, or they pop up on your, like, I had someone pop up on my Venmo yesterday, I literally was Venmoing Sam, and someone who shall not be named popped up on my Venmo, and I was like, are you kidding me? Well, did you guys know that um, Venmo stalking is actually one of the smartest ways to stalk somebody? People don't realize it's public, so yeah. you get to see, like, who that person is talking for dinner, who they're yeah. talking what to. What is on your Venmo profile? Just a photo. And it's attached to your phone number. And yeah. so then you can see a lot of people don't make it private. So you can see who people are like. Like paid to? Really? Yeah. <gasps> I know. I know. No. And that's why I was like, and then I just looked at it and I literally was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. And I didn't want to stalk and I didn't. And so I just unfriended that motherfucking hoe. So <laughs> like, I'm by, I already blocked his ass months ago. I want to know who this so. is. Oh, this is the drunk. Oh, lighting. Every week he comes and slithers into this conversation. But I again, this is what I'm saying. I didn't effing look for him. Is it fresh? It, is this fresh? It's been four years of fresh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> four years. I'm a burn hoe down. I mean, like, I, I can't. Anyways, um, on a lighter note, uh, no. so going back to the good thing. The Mercury retrograde. <laughs> um, so I actually wrote the ultimate one and only guide to Mercury ret- retrograde and how you can actually utilize it to your benefit. Oh wow! So that's actually on my website for anybody that would like to check it out. It's KyleThomasAstrology.com in the blog. So yeah, so the, you know that's just one thing to kind of notice that's going on. And yeah, I mean I'm like, but there are people like friends that I actually have been thinking about reaching out to, or even business contacts. This is a great one too. So if you've had like a past project that stalled or someone you collaborated with or someone you just got like lost touch with, Right. talking to them now is going to be really fortunate for you because you can get that ball ro- rolling again. You know, there's, there's a big project that I've been working on for, you know, certainly throughout most of this year with a company development and, and those discussions are moving forward again because, you know, other things get in the way and we've got so many things going on at all times, but now I can kind of take a step back from other things and push that forward again. Well, so that's what is something. it though? What is actually happening that that dictates that those things? Like, oh, now it's okay. Is everyone somehow energetically more open to receiving things from the past and revisiting things? Like, I don't understand how it it, it, it manifests to the physical here. Totally, totally. So you know, thousands of years ago, human you know humankind looked to the stars and kind of wanted to find a way to kind of see the patterns that were happening in their psychology, in the world around them, and try to map them. Okay. And that's why they could kind of see that like, certain eclipses would signify certain things, certain you know moon cycles and, and movements of the planet. And that would affect the weather too, right? Do, I think there have been, yes. I mean, there, there can be certain transits that do you know, increase more thunder and lightning or increase drought, you well, know, things like that. Well, side question for you on that, there was two, like, big earthquakes this weekend yeah. in well, Los Angeles. I predicted that with Uranus going into Taurus. Like, I predicted that, like, a year ago. Really? Yeah. I'm not Way kidding. Way to warn wrote... us, Kyle. No, it's in my... <laughs> Go to my blog, ho! It's in there! <laughs> no one warned us from the... Yeah. We had two days prior to the big, what, 7.1 one. Yeah. Um, I was jogging in, oh. in, you know, in Hollywood on the street. I didn't feel the first one at all, but... Oh, oh my yeah, goodness, I think it, anyone that didn't feel that 7.1 had to have been, like, passed out drunk or whatnot. Because I was cuddling with intense. someone. You were? Yeah. And, and then we both were like, cuddled? what's going on? Did you yeah. stay cuddled on the couch or did you both fall off? Or No. Uh, and wait, it was, couch or bed? Where I'm were you cuddling? It was couch, we were watching a movie, okay. and I'm really strong, so I held on. 
Nice. Yeah. It was shaky. Oh, I've got you, baby. <laughs> Sam, where were you? I was in a movie. <laughs> oh, and did you all know what was going on? Yeah, it was like Armageddon. People started like quietly whispering, and then all of a sudden, like earthquake, earthquake, earthquake. Tell me you didn't finish eating that popcorn; you just kept going. I sat there, yeah. I yeah. Told the story. Oh yeah, so there was um, this like weird couple in front of me and my friend. Just side funny story, but um, it was you know this they weren't related. It was an older man with like this younger woman, um, and when the earthquake started happening, he just bolts and starts running, and, and she goes her? and she screams, "Daddy, Daddy, wait for me, Daddy!" <laughs> And then it wasn't um, biological daddy. It was definitely no, no. it was a hundred percent not her daddy. Um, I mean her daddy in some ways. Then they kind of like trickled back in after the earthquake stopped and she's like, <laughs> Daddy, what do I do? And I'm just sitting there. I was laughing, I was in shock, I was terrified, but like like at least I'm gonna go down laughing. Hooray for Hollywood. Yeah. This is what we're about. Hollywood. <laughs> totally, totally. I was butt naked. Oh, man. I mean, stark naked on my couch. Sorry for anyone that comes over to my house. Uh, yes, I do walk away every so often, uh, you know, naked. Um, but okay. Brandon, my husband, uh, felt the initial impact like two minutes before it, the big one happened. He felt something, and he said, oh, there's, a, there's an earthquake. And I said, no, 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 I'm just walking really heavy, like heel to the toe, not like dancer background. Yeah. And sure enough, it started rocking and rolling, and he goes, get in underneath the door frame with me. And I was like, no, where's my clothes? Because <laughs> it was bad right away, yeah. right? Like, it started shaking. I was like, I am not going down naked in the rubble or whatever, because we didn't know how far it was going to go. So it took yeah. me about 30 seconds to put my clothes on, and then it was still going on for another 30 seconds. Yeah, it was about a minute long. Mm-hmm. Well, this is going to continue for seven years. The earthquake? Like that yeah. big? We're going to have... They make it worse. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think they will too, yeah. Because Uranus is Uranus rules the Earth. Uranus is Earth, and it's the first, first Earth sign. And so uh, Uranus is the planet of earthquakes and you know revolution and liberation and shaking and electricity. So that's going to happen. But when you know, Uranus moves into Gemini, we're going to see more lightning storms. We're going to see more things like that. So This isn't fair. Our gas is already higher than anywhere else in, in America. Yeah. Now it's skyrocketed more. Yeah. 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 But then, do? you know, there's improvement. We can improve different ways that we're working with the Earth and, and gas and things like that. With it. Because you're, or, uh, Taurus rules, okay. you know, the Earth. But then Uranus is, is the genius is in, in, you know, creation in those mm-hmm. ways. So. I'm wearing panties to bed. <laughs> Just in case my socks and shoes are at the foot of the bed now um, from yeah. that earthquake, I am ready. Well, a nice positive Mercury retrograde story kind of though is that um, I have a really close friend that like literally I haven't talked to that much in the past decade and she's come back into my life over the past couple of weeks and like we're seeing each other talking all the time. Like there wasn't even really a negative fallout. We just yeah. were in different points of our life but she was a really close friend for a few years and now she's back. And yeah, we're like, she's such a sweetie. Yeah, Great. she's so sweet. Cows met her. Fun yeah. Did you reach out or she reached out to you? She reached out to me and I was like, yeah, sure, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Come Can on we over. make a pack, all three of us and anyone listening if, if with Mercury Retrograde and with your advice? Who is one person that y- that this resonates with and that you want to connect with that mm-hmm. you haven't in a while? Can you vocally? Uh, no, it? I can't say who. Why not? I'm not going to say. <laughs> You're not going to? That's no. not playing the game, right? And everyone's going to social media tag someone and well, connect. Well, who would you send? Who would I? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe like a, a family member or something. I don't talk to very as often. You know, reach out, see how they're doing. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of people that aren't in my life anymore for a reason. 
So mm -hmm. maybe keep it that way. You know, be careful who you choose. Mm -hmm. But it, this is a good time. It's a it powerful actually. time to do that if you've been thinking about it. So what yeah. about you? Um, Chuck Leonard. I'll, I'll connect with my grade five school teacher who was Aww. such an incredible influence in my life because I thought at that point I was stupid. I didn't have a, a lot of self-confidence. I was like an ADHD kid. Yeah. And Aww. he just instilled some some great power in me. Like he um, actually manipulated my uh, grade in, in one of my tests uh, just to test like if I was going to be motivated from getting an A. And I was. And I worked so hard and he was a great male influence. He came from a football background. And he would be able to bounce his boobs like oh this. God, just like you're doing right now. I am doing it oh right now. Oh, yeah. I need you. a video of this. We will get a video of, of this. <laughs> um, but I learned how to do that from grade five, like watching him. And I learned so much more than just boob bouncing and dancing, of oh. course. But uh, yeah, I'll reach back out to him. I, I do need to connect if, if this is what's going on in the universe. Good. Well, I'm not going to reach out to someone. If this person reach, would reach out to me, that's different. That's why I like. Oh, I'm dear Lord. Oh, that's ego-driven, though. It's not ego-driven. No one is reaching out to anybody in See, this I know. situation. I I'm, yes, shaking my finger, you guys, in front of Kyle. Because situation. it's an unhealthy one? Yes. Yeah, I think I, I'm only encouraging the healthy ones mm -hmm. and the ones that, that there's probably just miscommunication. Like, <clears throat> I have this one ex from Chicago that it took me, and I was so, like, Canadian um, uh, naive to it that I kept friend requesting him over and over again. <laughs> and, and then I was like, why, why is this not going through? Oh, my God. He was denying it. Yeah. For years. And I'm just like, cut the crap. Like you're if you were yeah. in my life in that capacity, there obviously has to be some greatness to you and a connection that we had that still deserves us to be connected in each other's lives somehow. But you're a sweet and sentimental and kind man. There are a lot of assholes out there. And there are also a lot of people that are not in touch with their emotions. Yeah. And you know, I'm not saying that just to be a dick, but it's like I have you know, we've all dealt with people who have hurt us and don't care. Yeah, you know? thank you and next for some of them. So yeah. choose wisely. What else do we have going on? Oh, yeah, on? so let me just finish off this quick. Um, uh, Welcome forecast. to having Craig Ramsey on as a guest. No, I love you. I love you. You're super fun. So, okay, yeah. So uh, another thing to notice here, too, is that on the 11th, uh, which is uh, Thursday of this week, we have a super fiery and potentially intense energy because Mars, the planet of sex and war and passion, is shooting sparks at Uranus, which is, again, shocking events, liberation, and unexpected news. So this means that a lot of people are going to have, like, outbursts, explosions. This could mean explosions around at some places. This is so sexually driven, uh, I have to say. This is hot. <laughs> Mars is shooting, like, at Mayanus. It I sounds mean, like hey, you're saying no. something is I haven't gotten really hot so long, so, like, I don't know. God, I mean, it's but Thursday, maybe Thursday, we're all getting laid. Well, I was going to say, that's when my mom comes in town, so I think it'll be another kind of explosion, unfortunately. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, with difficult aspects, we can use them in, in really positive ways. So, yes, exercise, exercise masturbation, you know. Sexercise. Yes. Exercise. You know, great exercise. sex with someone that's, you know, consensual and you really like them, that's great. Or you can use it in a creative way. You know, so that would be something that could really be positive. And, and then with yourself too. Don't don't ignore that. Like I think oh, everyone totally. yeah, that's mm -hmm. great. I mean that's I mean, trust me, my hand is very happy, I guess. <laughs> Do I don't you know what's hand. Anyway, Um yeah, so then at the end of the week, on the fourteenth though, we again have another more challenging aspect, which is the sun, which rules our life force and our focus at any given time, is in a fight with Pluto. And Pluto rules transformation and regeneration, but also destruction. And so Pluto is kind of like a phoenix, and it's always energy that wants to be reborn. 
So because of this, we may notice some power struggles around this time. So if you are in them, don't try to push them, you know, it, unless they're pushing you into something you don't feel comfortable with, then, you know, make sure that you are, you know, at least standing up for yourself and not, you know, being put into a corner. But you can actually use this energy to transform and be reborn in some area of your life. Mm. You can even use it in relationships. You can use it because if there's something that you either need to like rise from the ashes from, which I've been doing a lot of thinking about being like, oh, you know, thank you next from certain different things and being, you know, I burnt that down and it's time to rise anew and feel great in mm. different ways. You know, this could be love. This could be work. This could be money. This could be any way. So if you use that energy, you can be reborn. So, so that's Friday. Uh, that the fourteenth is actually Sunday, so Sunday. we're feeling this the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth of next week. Okay, mm-hmm. you know what some good advice Jackie Warner gave me with my first reality show? Because mm-hmm. she can, she's known to be quite harsh and all of that. Um, and the best thing that she ever taught me was they can't yell at you if you don't pick up the phone. Which yeah. is great because in the heat of the moment when someone does call you and, and mm-hmm. they're at it, all they want to do is use you as that outlet to release mm-hmm. whatever frustration or tension they have. If you just pause the button on that and then give a breather, it always is is, is a little bit better and easier exactly. to go. Which exactly. sounds like goes along with what we might all be up against. Well, yes. too bad. My mom really knows how to pick the best times to come visit me because she is coming on Thursday until Tuesday. So Kyle might be getting some late night phone calls, me crying, being like, Mom speaks so mean to me. That's the scene. Do you have like a studio apartment and you have to, or like no, a double bed? No, I, uh, well, sometimes we do share a bed, but she now refuses. She's, I have a huge king bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's going to be a really interesting trip. I have a lot of cleaning to do before she gets here. So I'll get, like let you guys know next week what shit show. Does she judge happens. your cleaning? Oh, yeah. She thinks I'm disgusting. Oh, next week is the eclipse. Lovely. I know. This month is such a shit show. I told yeah. you Okay. Yeah. So all right. Let's jump on a story. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And thank you, Kyle, for telling us about our crazy-ass week ahead. <laughs> Stay tuned for the top news stories, celebrity news stories of the week. Everybody. Welcome back to Astro Kiki Radio. We are going to be diving into three of the most controversial and craziest stories within Hollywood this week. So the first one, it's something that people are talking about a lot, and it's very complicated. So I am going to give you guys my best professional um, summary of what's going on here with Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun and Scott Borchetta. So everyone knows who Taylor Swift is. Scooter Braun is also a pretty big name in Hollywood. He is a manager and producer of some of music's biggest stars. We're talking Demi Lovato, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber. He's like a kind of Kanye West's manager. I mean, he works with almost everybody. And at one point, he actually did work with Taylor, but that's not something I I knew. So Taylor went on to Tumblr this past week, which is a very old form. Who's still on Tumblr? Taylor Swift has a lot of really intense fans on Tumblr. Yeah. It's super random. So she went and released this like long public letter saying that um, Scooter Braun bought her entire catalog essentially through um, her first album to Reputation, which was her this past album. She has a new album coming out, but it's not released yet. Um, and he bought for $300 million the rights to all of them. 
So a little bit of backstory on that, though, is that in 2000, a 15-year-old, Taylor Swift, signed with a Nashville-based independent label called Big Machine Records, and that's where she recorded her first six albums. She left in 2018 to join Republic Records, but her master recordings stayed under the CEO, Scott Borchetta. That's where this other guy comes in. So according to Scooter and Scott, Taylor had an opportunity to buy her masters, and she chose not to. She's claiming that is not the case, um, and that she has absolutely no rights to her music, and it's really turned into, she says Scooter Braun has bullied her, the whole Kanye and Taylor and Kim debacle has kind of come back into play. Justin Bieber has really sided with his manager. I think the only one of um, Scooter Braun's clients that hasn't spoken publicly is Ariana Grande, who apparently isn't, is being told to not talk because she's not in line with what her management is doing. She thinks that, um, rumor has it that she thinks Taylor deserves the right to own her own music and to buy her own music. So because of this, like Taylor doesn't make a lot of public declarations of things and it's a big deal. And so her fans have gone totally crazy and they've in support of her of course in right? support of her yeah so they're you know sending like death threats to like scooter Braun's family and it's just really been taken out of control like there's definitely a better way i think to go about something like this than posting it on a platform um like she did that said it sounds bad but this is something in the industry that happens a lot michael jackson bought the rights to all the beatles music it's um, there's been a lot of cases, and they're controversial, but it is what people do. So it, this is a hot mess of things. A lot of people are on Taylor's side, though. Um, she has like a lot of her girl crew, Cara Delevingne, who's a good friend, um, Katy Perry has spoken publicly, Halsey, Iggy Azalea, Alessia, Alessia Cara, um, so many people, and then a bunch of people have unfollowed Scooter Braun on social media, like Rihanna, Britney Spears, Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus, Jonas Brothers, I, the list goes on and on. So this guy, he had a huge career, and I've personally interviewed him on the carpet with his wife, Like, and we've talked about him on here before. I, I don't know him, but I've always thought he was a really cool, nice mm -hmm. guy. So Kyle has looked into this a little bit, but before we get there, um, being in the industry yourself, what, Craig, like, what do you think about this kind of situation being given all the information? Well, I don't know if I have all the information. Not all of it, but, but what I just gave you. I do have a background with, with obviously performing, but I also was a trainer for Interscope Records. So I firsthand have, a, have had a lot of clients, huge names in, in the pop world. And I'm more sensitive to what their needs are because at times maybe they don't have the funds uh, because there is a lot of cost demands on them to buy their music at, at the appropriate time. Uh, so I think there's a lot of bullying going on. Mm -hmm. uh, now, however, Taylor Swift in particular, I think that she has um, swayed to that side a lot. Like she's a bully herself. I, we've seen it. Uh, I think that she's a, a master manipulator for the media, and she she knows how to wrap everyone around her finger. I don't think she should have that much pull and credit, uh, because she's leading uh, a group that is. I don't want to demean her followers, and I, I shouldn't be saying a blanket statement like this. But they're easily followed into believing what she has to say. So I think people should pause button, listen to Kyle's advice that we're heading into, and not overreact and get too invested until the courts would have to play that out. 
Absolutely. So, Kyle, what is going on with this crazy crew? Totally. So, Scooter Braun is actually a Gemini. We were looking at those dates. Taylor Swift is a Sagittarius. So, these are two signs that are opposite of each other on the wheel. This represents similar characteristics, but also a very different way of going about their path. Mm. Opposites can sometimes unite and attract when they are a yin and yang, but they can also repel and cause tremendous havoc when things go south. So in creating an artistry and all of that, it will bring them together because they complement each other well. Yes. So like, you know, that's why, for instance, when I, like, I, I have this, like, very intense connection with uh, Scorpios. I'm a Taurus. So it's always like, oh, it's very intense and passionate and, and great when it's great, but when it's bad, it is war. Mm, it's you war know, for them. like... It, that kind of thing, you know, and but I don't ever go to war with anybody else like that. And, like Scorpio is just insane, mm. you know. And unfortunately, the guy that I'm dating is a Scorpio. Ooh, drama. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's not official, so I won't go official with anybody until like September. So, because <laughs> astrologically, it's better for me. Anyway. Oh my god, uh, that'd be so difficult to date. I have to say, I'd be like, really? We can't just go with the flow, like. Come well, no, on. we can date. I just can't say that I'm your boyfriend. Oh my god, I would have such a problem with that. No, I'm gonna get. I would I, if he literally had a problem with it. I'd be like, this is the date we can say yes. Really? What yes, we... because then it means that we're both gonna. If we do this, we make money together, and then we fall in love. And yeah, how? Yeah. Breaking the rules. It's okay to be poor to get, oh, as long god. as you're together and oh, you have that yeah. security. And... That's bad. I mean... <laughs> All right, so Taylor. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. The thing that I'm noticing that is going on right now are a few different factors. Obviously, Mercury retrograde that right now is causing a bit of a thunderstorm for them directly. For Taylor, it's falling in her seventh and eighth houses of partnership. However, this area of the sky also means she could be facing off with enemies in relation to ownership on property, large sums of money, and major deals, all things we actually see right now. For Scooter, this Mercury retrograde is falling in his house of income and possessions, as well as contracts and legalities. Again, we can obviously see that Mercury is causing all of this clash to be happening. This energy has been in flux since June 20th, as I mentioned before, and will continue to be sorted out by August 15th. This shows that some details have been overlooked on both sides, and neither of them is entirely innocent, per se. Also, it's eclipse season. Big things are always happening around eclipses, and we see a lot of chaos thrown into the air. With Taylor being a Capricorn rising, we are seeing eclipses fall in her house of identity, causing herself to be illuminated, illuminated and especially standing up for herself. We also see eclipses falling in her house of partnership, which again can be focused upon open enemies because that's a partnership as well. So this her versus them energy is going to continue to be a focus. For Scooter, the eclipses are in his house of money and income as well as karma. So this could mean that he's actually having to, uh, he's having big karma erupt here now from past things that have been going out of line for some time, not even just from this. So that's there. Last, Jupiter, planet of miracles, is retrograde, retrograde in Sagittarius. So this means that while Scooter is blessed in partnerships and with allies this year until December, this energy is actually weakened right now. For Taylor, with it being retrograde, she was wanting to reevaluate important processes and plans that are going forward for the next 12 years of her life. Because Jupiter is in alignment for both of them, actually, I do think there will be a contractual agreement that favors them both, although I do anticipate Taylor has more luck on her side and will get what she wants because Jupiter favors her more than mm -hmm. everyone right now. So that's really so crucial. So and <laughs> it's going to favor her more than next year because it goes into her ascendant. And then the last thing on this note is the final thing is Scott Forchetta. He is a Cancer and just had a solar eclipse fall directly on his birthday. 
So he is seeing major launches this coming year. However, with it falling in his identity sector, he's going to see drastic and major shifts and changes that he may not be expecting. The eclipses opposing him show that he's going to have to face off with important people for the next year, too. So this could be Taylor, or it could be others. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, no one knew who he was until a few days last week. So um, he's definitely, uh, people know who he is now. They kind of all sound like tools. There's, there's yeah. a little bit of it that just is disgusting on all fronts. Mm-hmm. I, I would, when someone takes a social media and they complain about a situation and they're a public figure, I think it, it should have to do with morality more than anything. Mm-hmm. And if, as soon as you mention money and the specifics of money, because most people can't relate to that. It that just, level of money. Yeah, sure. it just immediately, I think, segregates her from, from what, what the true passion and meaning of being a you know, respectful human is. Yeah. But it's also her life's work so far. It is. And, you know, some people... But do you really think it's about, like, her work? Like, she truly cares about the artistry of her work? I think think she's really fighting for the money stuff. Well, still, I mean, again, I think it's one of those things that, like, I mean, when you've created that, yeah. and you're you're being paid by that, and that's a part of your ownership, hell yeah, I yeah. would for that. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but I uh, also, in this industry, I highly doubt that she's a singular unit of creating, so there's so many other people in that process that are silent, that, yeah. that um, I, you know, again, who knows all of the facts, but anything I've ever done or been a part of or seen is is a collective effort. Yeah. And I hope that moving forward, she would recognize what that is on all fronts to protect everyone that was associated with this. Because she ultimately will win, don't yeah. you think? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. Kyle said that, you know, yeah, we, she probably will. So I'm sure we'll talk about this again, um, but it's a very interesting story. Our next story is um, Lil Nas X. So... You might not recognize his name, but you would recognize his song. Um, it's the one that he just did with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, Old Town Road. It's like huge on Billboard charts, and he is quickly becoming a really famous like country rapper. And it's just he's completely blown up in the past month or so. And um, he's a rapper, and he's also in country music, which doesn't have a lot of LGBTQ people in it right. at all country and rap neither so um Lil Nas X recently appeared on BBC America and he revealed that he once considered taking his sexual orientation to the grave and never publicly addressing it but now that he has all this influence he's decided that he didn't want to live his entire life not doing what he wanted to do and that he is homosexual and he wants to help other people come out so people were very shocked by this on both the country end and the rap end, and he got a ton of hate on the internet. A lot of internet trolls came for him big time, and he has a now deleted Instagram post that was a picture of a cowboy with a sad face, and um, it's, his, it's his logo, it's his uh, yeah icon. Exactly, and it's yeah. say one more homophobic thing to me. And it's super sad, but, like, of course, a lot of other people have come out in support of him. Miley Cyrus, who's Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter, of course. They're very close friends. Dwayne Wade, Cardi B, who he's also done a collab with, has um, been there to support him. So I just think it's A lot of male rappers, too. Male yeah. black rappers have come out to support him, which is really special. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really special and important. And, you know, it's funny because he said, he goes, I thought everybody knew. Like, why is everyone, like, freaking out about this? Did I not make it obvious? 
But people really, like, when you're a rapper, you're in country music, they don't assume those. Not unless you're headlining Pride and, you know, you're throwing sparkles into, Mm -hmm. rainbow sparkles into the audience. No, you have to talk about it and and share that. Mm -hmm. So, Kyle, Uh, I thought this was an interesting story because he's going through so many different changes and different aspects of his life right now. Absolutely. So, Lil Nas X is an Aries. The major thing that is going on for him is that he's being hit by major eclipses in his career sector. When this occurs, it puts you in the limelight and attracts attention from the public. Eclipses have a pendulum effect where they are most intense within the month that surround them, but also can affect you as a key theme for the entire six months. For Lil Nas X, his first eclipse in his career was January 5th. The next one is July 16th. The next one after that is December 25th. Another one hits next year in the summer as well. The most interesting thing happening right now actually is that there's a full moon lunar eclipse in this career sector on July 16th. This means that he is having a huge spotlight and illumination moments taking place because when you think of full moons, it's, it's the full energy of that you know, culmination. So we're seeing him come out. That's literally what this eclipse is talking about mm. right now. And then Saturn also plays a factor in this full moon, causing things to feel a bit colder and possibly showing opposition to him but the thing about Saturn is that he isn't going to be crushed under the weight. It is going to actually make him stronger. So that's really good to note. You know, speaking of Saturn, though, this is the planet of maturity, longevity, but also hardship. And it is in his career sector until 2020. This means that he is going to have to grind hard and make some, and, and he may have some huge rewards and payoffs. So this actually affects all Aries and Aries rising this way. And that's why we've been seeing so many people it, with those, you know, placements making huge achievements, and, and those will be coming true. Awesome. What does his ex have to do with this again? His ex? Yeah. It's just his name. Oh, okay. Yeah, Lil Nas X. Yes. I was confused. I was like, what? His ex? He's yeah. dating himself, huh? No, he's, yeah, he's dating himself. He is his own ex. Well, good for him. I hope more people are inspired by that. I, I mean, the shift of energies is, is happening in 2019. Transparency is key. And uh, it seems like there are political climate. Of course, you're going to have bullies. We have a president mm-hmm. that that is the leading of bully, mm-hmm. uh, and and so people are going to have a lot of negative stuff out there. But there seems to be a lot of positive. Yeah. Totally. So I like this story. I think it's going to turn into something really positive for him. Our third story. I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this. So um, Aziz Ansari. I'm sorry, he is one of the biggest comedians, Netflix, uh, you know, he had his huge show on Netflix, um, a ton of Netflix specials. He has been a pillar in the comedian comedy community for quite some time, but during the Me Too movement in 2018, there was some really controversial stuff that came out about him, and I'll explain in a little bit why we're talking about him, but... Here's what happened in, um, well, the sexual misconduct was actually 2017. It came out in 2018. So long story short, you know, he was on top of the world. He just won an Emmy the year before for his Netflix show. And he, you know, probably thought he was pretty freaking awesome and was sleeping with a lot of women. Um, he met a woman, a 23-year-old actor. How old he? He's Do we know? late 30s, early 40s. So it's not, you know, it's not terrible. But he met a younger woman. Um, that was a photographer, and at, at a she was working for an Emmy party the in 2008 or 17, and he got her number. They ended up um, going on a date, in which he really sped through dinner um, and was like, "Let's go back to my place." Took her back to his place, and 
was just creepy. She kind of was giving him all the vibes, like, I don't want to do this, and he wasn't reading them, but she felt uncomfortable. She was young. She didn't really know what to do. He was, like, sticking his fingers down her throat, turning, they'd be just, like, kind of talking, and I read a lot about this story when it oh, came out. Oh, right, turning, I know. I'm just yeah, like, he would just kind of, like, turn her right. around and, like, bend her over, and, like, her clothes would be on and stuff, but she was just like, Oh, hell oh my God. No. I, I literally had a few guys try to diss me, and I was like, are you kidding well, me? Do you this know? Story, like, what? It, like, resonated with Ugh. me so much because, honestly, like, I've had creepy-ass stuff like this happen to me so for girl. so many times out of my time in Los Angeles. And when I was younger, there were a lot of times where I didn't say anything or mm-hmm. I didn't do anything, especially if somebody was powerful, because I didn't really know what was normal, like, what was right. Regardless, she left and texted him afterwards and said, I'm really upset. Like, that was not okay. All that happened was not okay. He kind of apologized and said he really didn't know. And, you know, the whole um, debate of consent and was brought into this conversation. And he was just really loved until this. And I liked him a lot, too. But I'm like, I see you now. I see the kind of dude that you are. And a lot of people felt that way. So he has been out of the spotlight until now, Netflix just announced that um, they are doing a big comedy special, and um, it has huge, huge people behind it. Um, Spike Jones is directing the comedy special, and you know it's going to be a big deal. It's his first time kind of coming out after this entire debacle, and he's publicly said a couple of times he had a show a few months ago in New York saying that he's learned a lot, you know, about what you're supposed to do when you date, and was kind of brought back down to earth, I guess. But I was just curious to see what was going on. Is this going to be successful for him, and it, it, has he made some changes? Yeah, so Aziz is a Pisces. We don't know his rising sign, but we do know that some of the bigger transits are affecting him in certain ways. So, you know, kind of seeing some of his places of, like, limitation or, you know, some of the difficulty, I would love to know his rising sign. But, I mean, things are actually looking great. So the first thing I'm noticing for him is that he's going through eclipses in his sector of creativity and art, as well as eclipses in his sector of networking. This networking sector also ties to long-term planning and taking steps to make your dreams come true. These eclipses will be occurring for another year, so he's really in luck with all of those things. Jupiter Planet of Miracles is actually in his sector of fame and achievement since November of last year and will continue to be gracing this area until December of this year. So things are really looking up for him and any other Pisces. Even though he did have that scandal, it really looks that people will not be focusing as much upon that as he's launching big things to try to divert attention away from it. And it's going to be successful with that, just legitimately because Jupiter's miracles and blessings. Also, with him being an emotional Pisces, it shows the sensitivity that he was facing the offense and owning up to it in a humbling way. And, you know, that's mature and responsible, you know, as, as much as I suppose you can be about something as grotesque as that. You know, I actually see a lot of great things for him for the coming several years, actually. 2019 and 2020 will be really big years for Pisces. 2021 is going to be a big year with lots of starts and stops and making plans for them. But 2022 will be a huge chapter that's launching for 12 years for him. Wow. Well, another one just gating along. Next, we're going to see Louis C.K. back and Well, but I hope this ever. guy, I hope that he, he has done the work. I hope that he is mm-hmm. educated and realizes what an entitled asshole he was to think that a younger girl in her 20s was interested in you. It doesn't exist, people. You 
older men, you have to understand that. Like, unless those, those, those people are, that you're trying to court are really mutually doing that and spelling it out for you, you are not attractive to them. They don't want to have sex with you. I was in the exact same situation as a young 20s. I was raised by someone that was 15, you know, 20 years older than me. And, and I, what happens in those situations for people that I can relate to. Now, however, I have my, my strong opinions how it was different for me as a man than it is for a wo- woman, stereotypically. But, because um, uh, I knew I could get out in that situation, I had a little more confidence. But in that situation, we do what we need to do in those moments because it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation. You're not expecting it. You're not expecting their the craziness to come out, and you have no idea what they're going to do to you mm-hmm. or how do, if your attempt to escape is going to trigger something that's going to be more violent and dangerous. So you perform acts. You engage. So that's why, and all those men are so oblivious to it, why you get the text message afterwards, I was uncomfortable. Because then that girl's with her girlfriends or she's with the authorities, hopefully, mm-hmm. and she's calling your ass out. I had a super powerful executive do this to me back in 2013. And you, you were younger. Yeah, right? and I still stood up for myself and I didn't care. And he was like breaking glass and shit. And I was just like, you're nuts. I performed the act. I had to, and and it's yeah. disgusting, and it makes me sick, and, and it still brings up a whole bunch of feelings, but in that moment, I, I had to buy myself time mm-hmm. to be able to manipulate totally. that situation, but all the Joe Bidens out there, they have got to learn, and hopefully Joe as well is, is addressing the fact he's kissing women's forehead. It's demeaning mm-hmm. to women. Grow up, man. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, you know, let, let's see if he kind of comes around and... Sounds like he's going to. Yeah. I, I would think that we would have to. He'd have to come to Jesus with that, and and maybe that's what's going to happen for his career to excel, like you're saying. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see if he'll address it in the Netflix special. But you until know. then, you're a, a total dick. Yeah, he's a dick. Sorry, <laughs> my personal opinion. <laughs> Me too. All right, so our celeb WTF of the week, and when I have these, a lot of times I feel guilty because I'm like, it's not like I don't like these people or I don't like this couple together, but it's like, huh. Isn't that weird? Are we analyzing them together? Yes. So the couple, so uh, Channing Tatum and Jesse J, they have been together for about a year now. Um, He was, of course, married to Jenna Dewan um, for nine years, and they had a kid, and they split up in uh, April of 2018. Mm -hmm. And um, then by October of 2018, he was dating Jesse J., and then November of 2018, these two were off to a really hot start. He went to her concert in London where she publicly revealed her personal struggles with not being able to have children, and he was super supportive. And everyone's like, wow, I really like them each, but I never would in a million years. Like, how did they even meet? How did these two come together? But they were obsessed with each other. They were PDA all over. They went to Disneyland, tons of PDA. At, at Disneyland? At Disneyland, well, yeah. Well, that's just inappropriate. I mean, I think it's cute. I can't wait to be like that. Really? Bro, I mean, like, I'm going to be, children? like, banging my guy on, like, the rides, but I'm going to be, like, all cutie <laughs> and, you know... Well, I'm really touchy, and I'm, I'm like, gonna I, look I, that I, up my love language is touch. So see like, how far they, they took it, though, because there's nothing more obnoxious when you're in, like, a two-hour lineup oh, and yeah. going through it, where the same <laughs> couple in front of you is making out the whole okay, time. Okay, I'm not going to make it out with my guy. Oh. Uh, I, I know. I hate that. Actually, <laughs> I have a... I always had a prank idea I wanted to do at an amusement park for people like that. I wanted to bring like a little fart machine kind of and have a hidden camera and as they're making out in line, just like keep really on doing it. Yeah, yeah, see if that's they stop. Sexy. I know. 
But unfortunately, I couldn't do that for them. I would have liked to see their reaction. Um, but what do you think of them then? What What is your opinion? I love Channing Tatum, so I'm jealous of anybody that's with him. I like a couple of Jessie J's songs. I don't know that much about her. You know, she's like from the UK and as just kind of like a random person in the industry that's done some cool collaborations. Um, and yeah, she was with him for his birthday, like just professing his her love for him on Instagram. And she seems just like different to me than his ex, Jenna Dewan, who um, also she was in my sorority in college, FYI. So we're <laughs> sisters, so I kind of stand up for my girls. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was very curious to see if they're just like secretly compatible. Mm-hmm. Well, Jess J is an Aries with a Gemini rising. This gives her so much feisty, exciting, and just like sassy energy. She is here to have fun and love adventure and stimulation. We don't have Channing's rising sign, but we do know he's a Taurus. Typically, Aries and Taurus aren't always the most absolute, uh, rapidly compatible couple, but the two signs do have a lot that they admire about each other. Which well, she's can being be stimulated by Channing, so yeah. Yeah, of course, it's all good. Go on. Totally, totally, totally. Um, so we can see that they're they're drawn to each other. Jesse, as an Aries, is more adventurous and spontaneous than Channing, a Taurus, but he likes this because it pushes him out of his comfort zone. Mm. Also, Channing's loyalty, devotion, and extremely sensual side makes Jesse J wild, which is why the two can't keep their hands off of each other. It makes us all wild. Right? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> right? The thing that I love the most for them, though, is watching what was going on with Jupiter. Last year, when they were went official, Jupiter, planet of miracles, was in Channing's house of partnership and marriage. The two of them connecting at that time shows that it is fated and actually blessed for them. This is a magnificent energy. Also, with Jesse J being a Gemini rising, this shows that now that J- J- Jupiter is across the sky in Sagittarius, so all of this year, she is actually most blessed in her partnerships and marriage now. So I actually could see the two of them taking big steps closer together this year, moving in, making long-term plans, or even getting engaged at some point in time. Some dates to watch that I've picked out, actually, are in the days that follow September 28th, or in the days after uh, October 27th, and, you know, they're just they're such a fun and hot couple to watch. Okay. I like it then. I, I support. take back what I said about you with your boyfriend, like addressing <laughs> these things because it's clued in on me. Timing is everything. Exactly. And what you just said about their relationship with Channing, um, being vul- he was vulnerable exactly. after his his last re- marriage, his relationship. That woman caught him at a moment that that matched. But it was divine timing. I guess so. Exactly. So I'm sorry. I do take that back. What well, I said earlier about being offended um, if I were your boyfriend. Well, the that. thing is, it's like I've actually had this in before where it's like I've kind of strategically like reached out to people about something at a certain time and you know signed a contract at a certain time and it's always brought those blessings to me and wow. actually sometimes I didn't realize I would do something at a certain time and then I would look back and be like holy shit like that's why it actually worked <sighs> that way like that's why we reconnected or that's why I, I met this person and we're working together and collaborating now you know so it's it's really fascinating, and I and I love it. So, I like, married someone in that situation. That same, I can relate to the Channing situation. I uh, relationship ended. I was extremely vulnerable, and I'm not a bookend with my husband. We talked about mm-hmm. bookends before we went live. My husband. Uh, a lot of us don't see us together. 
Mm-hmm. And they're really shocked and surprised. But because we have so much history and we developed our relationship so perfectly with the timing that we both needed and pushed each other in our lives, we are forever connected. I love that. Yeah, well, I'm so jealous. I want that. And that jealous have been like in a bad way, but like that's totally what I want. But it also had to happen for me at that right time. Yeah. Like I'm older than you, um, definitely. And, and it just sparked at that right moment. And I didn't think I would ever be be married in this capacity and this quickly and mm-hmm. to Brandon honestly Gina Keogh the real housewife of Orange County was a witness to our first meeting uh, <laughs> meeting Brandon and within uh, minutes of meeting him she said you're going to marry that one and I went <laughs> there's no way well this is the perfect time to get in to your chart and see oh, what is absolutely. going on absolutely. with you this oh. is time guys well and, and by the way you know like all, all you lovely people out there he's already promised that he's going to be setting me up with a possible future husband so I no, I'm oh, I'm a good Yenta. I'm so I'm so excited. Yeah, he's playing right straight friends too. So I we'll do. See about that. Yep. <laughs> I don't uh, discriminate. I have many friends. Good. I'm so excited. Uh, anyways, Craig Ramsey, let's dive into you. So you're an Aquarius with a Sagittarius rising. However, we're you're compatible. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> to, to a level, honey. To a level. <laughs> friends. Yeah. Friends. Compatible friends. Yes. Totally. Totally. Good friends. <laughs> So you're a later degree Sagittarius rising, so you're actually having a lot of eclipses that, are, eclipses that are happening in your ascended in identity right now. You may be shifting and changing your direction or having rapid progress take place. You may also be recreating yourself over the next year. <gasps> that resonates. Makeover. Yeah. Right now, Jupiter is in your natal 12th house. So that's meaning that you're probably building big ideas that you wanted to develop for the next like very long-term period of your life. Your lucky, luckiest year of 12 years begins from November of this year until November of next year. This will determine the important seeds of your life for the next 12 years. Wow. Yes. When Jupiter is in your ascendant, we recreate ourselves, launch major projects, get engaged, get married, have a kid, buy a house, all of those good things, all of them happen at the same time. That's <gasps> like in all of the things that we want. So, you know, that's really great. Also, you were going through eclipses in your sun sign from 2017 to 2019. So you probably saw important developments happening during those years huge beginnings and endings, as well as important partnerships beginning or ending at that time, too. So wow. that's that's what I was also seeing. Um, that's a lot to take in. Yeah. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I write this stuff up. So. <laughs> um, some important dates to watch for you are you have a new moon in your marriage and partnership sector on July 31st. So you What does fu- new moon mean? A new moon is like it basically a door opens to you. Okay. So, you know, you're already married, so you can find important ways to grow closer in your relationships. This could be business, even. Okay. Business partnerships, agents, managers, all of those kinds positions. of things. Positions. Yeah, absolutely. Sexual <laughs> positions. Okay, new stuff. I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah, that can when's that date again? I'm putting that in my July calendar. July 31st and the 10 days that follow. Okay. But, this, but the thing is, you have to make those things happen because this affects you for a year. So make long-term plans together. You know, be like, you know, baby, where do you want to go this year? What do we want to do? What do we want to build together? Make your little empire, you know? Oh. Those are the kinds of things. And that's why when, like, I align things when I'm like, this is okay, I would go official with someone. Not that I'm having that situation immediately, but, like, I know those things. I also know, like, astrologically, when I'm likely to fall in love next. So it's like, it's either going to be this dude or it's going to be somebody else. So oh. I literally know it, you know? So, and that's why I'm predicting these things for you. So that's really key. August 15th, however, is a full moon in your sun sign, putting you front and center. So you're probably going to be seeing some really big moments where there's like, again, it's either some sort of campaign or you're just like, you know, getting extra attention or there's a career breakthrough or it could even be in a relationship. But it's, again, all about you at that point in time. Now that you know what's coming, 
plan something for them because you're going to have more power at that time. More power yeah. probably than you will have, have all year. So there's that. And then the actually, there's more I'm going to talk about too. Uh, November 12th is a huge career moment for you. So again, if you're going specifically for career, focus on that time around that. November 12th, you said? Yes. That's insane. Are you kidding me? What's no, happening yeah. November 12th? Can I fill in some of the, the stuff that you talked about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll know where you are with that. Yeah, okay. totally. November 12th, so it's predicted I'll get my citizenship mid-November. Bitch, yes! I'm yeah, telling you! Yeah. High five. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's been a long time coming, and it, it is really important step career-wise because I have always felt like there's something that will open up with that. Uh, well, and, you're right, because that's where the stars are saying. Yeah, and, and I've, I've already said I'm kind of uh, redeveloping myself um, by taking a step back and kind of having patience and understanding uh, that the universe is going to answer and align because there's so much going on. Also in November, um, my new show that uh, uh, apparently is going to be a huge hit called He's Fit, mm-hmm. season two. Season one was fun to do. It was great, but I... I yeah, I, I felt it more of a hobby kind of thing, but uh, season two, and without giving too much information, it'll be um, announced on in the States, and uh, it, it's a, a, a spectacular show and, and such. Um, and redeveloping my stuff, um, I, I want to, uh, I made this effort of buying a home in March next year, uh, looking into that, starting that into motion. And that's and, what I was telling you when these things are happening. And next, yeah, and the next, uh, I would say putting it into motion by... March or April, um, we're gonna have kids. Yeah, and see, this is the shit that I'm telling you. Wow. Yeah. Do, you do, do you private yes. sessions with people? Yeah. Where we, can people find you? Uh, KyleThomasAstrology.com. Hit me up or on Instagram. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Book of reading, everybody. So, but also the last thing I want to say for you, which is the most exciting thing. This is actually, I think, the most important date for you for the entire year. Starting on December 25th, it is a new moon solar eclipse in your identity. So you're going to see a huge moment in your destiny for your entire life mm. opening up to you at the very end of the year and in the beginning of 2020. Wow. So that's the big, big, big time. Wow. And, and if, if, if this is so big in my life, is it is that why I always resonate with Christmas onward as a new beginning? Like, I am always look forward to that. No, they change. They it does change. change. Yeah, that's why, you know, like, I'm, that's why as an astrologer, I look at the timing. I look at the movement mm. of the planets. I look at the specific moon cycles. And then I look at your chart, and then I, I do the mathematics and, and figure it out. And that's why it's like, I, I, that's why I can predict things, but also I can tell you when the window is open. Hmm. You know? I love that. Like, for me, I'm a very patient person, so if things happen, great. If not, I trust the universe is aligning mm-hmm. things with the timing of that. But can I ask you, when you outline those kind of things and you give a date to someone and mm-hmm. it doesn't happen, or, uh, like, why doesn't it happen for that person, and do they get pissed at you? Do you ever get like <laughs> feedback where they're like, damn you? No, because the thing is, astrology, there's predictive qualities to it, but there's also productive qualities to it. So I, you know, going with like new moons or transits, these energies that and patterns are going to naturally be there. Mm. So I'm telling you when the energy is there. I Whether see. or not you what I, I have my responsibility. It. Yes, exactly. So too. you okay. have to, you know, like for instance, what I'm saying, like I'm like, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.